1: Tuned in to the 49ers Rush Podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, thanks for listening to the 49ers Rush Podcast. We actually have a football game to talk about. Now, I do understand it is preseason, but I don't care. Um, I am needing my San Francisco 49ers football fix, and I have it uh, to a certain degree. I'll probably be up and watch the game at least one more time this evening. But we have a game. We have a, we're a weekend to training camp. Things are going great. So let's break down the game and kind of see the major implications. I'm going to go through defense first and start with probably my favorite 49er, at least newest favorite 49er, and that's Reuben Foster. I was so happy to see him go out there with the first team. He played with the first team and the second team defense almost the entire first half, and he played great. Um, He looked awesome. You know, you get worried about that shoulder that everybody kept talking about, but it seemed to be no issue. He had two touchdown-saving plays back-to-back. One of them was on a pass defense where he batted the ball down, a tight end that was in the end zone, and just great closing speed and just made a great play. And what's even better than that is the day before the media was in practice, he got beat on the exact same route. And so it seems like he's learning a little bit. He seems instinctual when it it's coming up to blow up the run, but if he can get down as the wheel back, he's going to be covering a lot. That number three receiver, the tight end, or the running back coming up. Whenever the running back doesn't go out the flats, but if the running back goes vertical or runs an arrow route, um, he's going to be in coverage a lot of, as a wheel. And so it's it's awesome seeing that. And so he stopped that touchdown play. Then the very next play, richard Robinson, who goodness, he, we need we need a lot more from Rashard Robinson at corner. Uh, He had a roller coaster day, but he blew a tackle and just completely whiffed. He ducked his head, looked straight to the ground, and the guy was running straight into the end zone. And sure enough, Reuben Foster came and did what he does, form tackled without giving up any ground. The receiver got the first down, which was a given, with the missed tackle from Rashard Robinson, but he was able to stop the touchdown. Now, they ended up scoring on that drive, but it was promising. You want to see big players make big plays, and we were able to see that with Reuben Foster. So very, very promising with that. It seems like he's going to be penciled in as a starter day one after that Malcolm Smith injury, which is such a bummer, but so glad to see Reuben Foster on the field. Now our other, it, actually the guy that went much before 28 picks earlier, math is hard, um, Solomon Thomas. Man, he played almost the entire game. It was really interesting because – he came onto the field right about halfway through, about eight minutes left in the first quarter, and he played all the way through to about five minutes left in the fourth quarter. And he he got a lot of snaps, and you could see him. Uh, not so much that he's out of shape, but he was huffing and puffing, and he was playing his tail end off. Now, he had a couple highlights. He was getting a lot of pressure, and this is kind of who Solomon Thomas was. Uh, didn't register any sacks. That's not who he is. And didn't get a tackle for loss, even though he had two tackles right on the line of scrimmage. So that doesn't show up in the stat sheet. But if you watch the game, he is a disruption in the quarterback space twice as he was throwing it and even contributed a little bit to the interception that Rashad Robinson got, which I'll talk about in a second. But he was always in the backfield, and he even wrapped up the quarterback one time, but quarterback got out. Again, if you go back and watch his Stanford Stanford film, this is par for course. This is who he is. He is a disruption guy. He is not a stat guy. Thank a lot of um, Brandon Graham with the Philadelphia Eagles last year. He only had like four sacks, but was probably one of the most influential defensive linemen in the entire league last year. But Solomon Thomas, absolutely great. He had had probably the play of the day. He was lined up at right defensive end. It was a third and long. I think it was third and 17. He's at the right defensive end. He rushes the passer. He gets stalemated. He actually doesn't. The pass rush was pretty bad. But they throw the ball out into the opposing flats, out by the numbers. And he chases down. He probably ran about 30 yards this, this play. And it looked like it was down because you had the, the nickel in the corner, had the receiver kind of pinned in, but they both missed the tackle. And Solomon Thomas almost let up, but you could see him just turn the gear on, and he plastered this guy on the sideline. Like it was an ultimate. I know he's wearing 94, but this that was the epitome of what Justin Smith Cowboy was. And, it, and not saying that he is Justin Smith, but they play very, very similar. And it was just so refreshing. Um, I started screaming, my dog went nuts and started barking because I was jumping up and down like a crazy person that play. Now let's get into a little bit of the negatives. This is probably the biggest negative of the whole game. Rashard Robinson, our number one corner, he has been he, – he's a talker and he's wanting to be a leader of this defense. He's even gone on and said that he wants to shadow the number one wide receiver – no matter where they go. He wants to be the next Patrick Peterson. He's the LSU guy. So it makes sense. He got toasted. He got toasted three times in the first two drives and not like small. He got burnt and the announcers were picking on him a little bit because he's not getting his hands on the receiver. So he's playing that press man technique with no help, but he's given a free release, which you cannot do. Um, The only person that's really ever been able to do that is Darrell Rivas. And, Obviously, Dion, but recently, Darrell Rivas. And Darrell Rivas even used what's called a bell technique, where you line up right on top of him, but you're taking off and giving yourself two steps ahead. Rashard Robinson's not doing that. So he either has to get his hands on him, or he's got to back the hell up, because he got toasted not only by Tyreek Hill, which you can say, okay, Tyreek is probably one of the fastest people in the entire NFL. He got toasted by Conley, Chris Conley, and Alex Smith. Wasn't even throwing the ball at that time. Like, it was terrible. So, um, he had a terrible day. He did make an awesome run stuff, which was great to see. Very aggressive out there with that, which was awesome. And then he made the pick. And even after he made the interception, he, he turned it in. He had about 30 extra yards on that return. And you could see him on the sidelines. They showed him. And he acted like he had the greatest day of his life, which is cool. You want your corner to shake off bad days, but that boy's got to step it up. I'm a huge Rashad Robinson fan, but I could not believe – um, how that started off. So, hopefully, it's just nerves and it gets better. Let's get to a positive. Aaron Lynch, he came in with the second team um, at the Leo position and he was dominant. He had two sacks and cut uh, three more quarterback pressures. He had one sack where he speed rushed, which is not usually, usually, he's a speed to power guy, speed rushed off the left end and sacked the quarterback with one hand. It was absolutely beautiful. And so, if we could get that kind of production from him, oh my goodness uh, we we uh that's gonna be a huge bonus, so he really did look like a year ago, Aaron Lynch, not what we had last year, but the year before that also uh interesting to note, Lorenzo Jerome started out at free safety, so he didn't play great, he didn't play bad, and as a free safety if if you don't see him and you don't call his name out a lot, that's okay, you're not gonna complain about it. they had three solo tackles. He also broke up a pass over the middle. He could have laid the guy out, but he dove right at his knee and made the guy do a somersault over him. The guy let go of the ball. So a uh, pass breakup there, which was legit. Curious to see how much playing time this guy gets because Lorenzo drones the type of guy that he could be our starter day one if Jimmy Ward's not back, or he could be cut, and which is really, really scary because it's probably the most, if not It's one of the top three most important positions on this defense. So interesting to note. And we'll talk a little bit about what to watch in the upcoming week. But I want to jump over to offense because offense started off terrible. And there's a lot of promising stuff that happened today or tonight. It was awesome. So the starters didn't play much, and that's kind of to be expected. We know who our starters are for the most part. O-line, maybe not O-line, but they only played about one series. All three groups O-line. First, second, third string were terrible. First, second, third string online were terrible, especially in pass protection. Now, we were able to open up some holes uh, through the A-gaps. But we would trap in our guard, and that worked really, really well. And we were able to get to the outside a couple times on some toss plays, which I absolutely loved it when the Falcons ran those. So it's so glad to see us uh, bring that back. But overall, absolutely horrid job. Uh, our quarterbacks were getting hit nonstop. And there were a few times where it was just pathetic, absolutely pathetic. We were watching guys and barely even getting our hands on them a couple times. So we need huge upgrade there, which is so crazy that we cut Zutah this week. I really had him penciled in as a starter, uh, starting center, and we went ahead and let him go. But it was a classy move. Maybe he'll get picked up by somebody. I think he'll go back to Baltimore, but we have got to get help. So I would not be surprised if somebody gets cut somewhere else in the NFL if we don't pick them up immediately off the waiver wire. Now, receivers, Marquise Goodwin was with the starters, which is what we expected. Uh, He had one great catch. I think he's going to have a blow-up year. And I think we'll be putting in Aldrick Robinson. He'll have a special package, but I don't think he's going to be a starter out there. But he had a game. He had an amazing 60-yard catch and run from Matt Barkley, where he made two guys whiff, and it looked like he was about to get chased down by the linebacker, but he hit another gear and he just took off. So that guy, I am very excited to see what he can do because he's going to be he's going to be a fun guy and there'll be five or six times this season where he breaks a big 50-yard plus touchdown, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. Now, Trent Taylor, gosh. How do you not just absolutely love this kid? Trent Taylor is an absolute beast. We got him in the 5th round out of Louisiana Tech and he converted a 2nd and 17. He ran a great route It was kind of like an option seam route where he's in the slot, he posts, and it almost looks like he's going to cut to the corner, but instead he stems and breaks inside, just inside the seam, and a great pass from Barkley, and he broke it up and converted to 2nd and 17. He got 20 yards, which was awesome. Then he goes right back out there, catches another pass the very next play, and he had the punt return that was absolutely beautiful. I could definitely see Trent Taylor being our starting punt returner, Day one. Now, we'll put Jeremy Curley back there whenever we're pushed up against the goal line. So, if it's like a fair catch situation, we'll have Jeremy Curley in there every single time. Uh, he will be our safe punt returner. But we're going to have Trent Taylor back there, I think, day one. If we have any room to return. He had, a, I think it was a 47-yard punt return where he just five 5'8", 180 pounds, had two guys, one on each shoulder, about to tear his head off. He didn't fair catch it. And he just went straight through right in between them. Like, he is just, he's fearless. It doesn't even make sense. But as a receiver, he seemed so poised and played such a great game. I I really think, not that he'll take Jeremy Curley's starting job, but he's going to get more snaps than we thought initially. So I'm really excited to see what he can do. Um, Now let's move on to our fearless quarterbacks. Uh, Brian Hoyer came out as expected, and he just played the first series. And everything was looking great. He made all great throws. There were two of the throws that were kind of slant routes to the inside where the cornerback was blanketed on our receiver. The receivers didn't get any separation, but he put the ball on the money. I mean, you're talking like right in the breadbasket. Now, neither one of them were catches, but this is who Brian Hoyer is. He's going to give your receiver an opportunity every single time. And so if you are going to make the play, it's because the receiver – is going to capitalize on a great throw. He's he's not throwing deep bombs and all those things, but he is accurate and intelligent. He is not risky with the ball, but if you are covered, he will still get to you. And this is completely different than where we were with Colin Kaepernick. And I love Colin Kaepernick, but this is a pure passer. We, ha- we have a pure passer that can throw you the ball whether you're co- covered or not. We just got to make a play. And the drive is going great. We just had an illegal formation that wiped out a first down, and then we got backed up, and then we got behind the chains, and we had to punt. So absolutely nothing bad to go with Hoyer, but he didn't play very much. Barkley was okay. He didn't do anything too amazing, didn't do anything too, too bad, but he, he played okay. But when C.J. Bethard come in, man, that boy, oh, he could play. These are his stats. 7 for 11 101 yards, and two touchdowns. Zero picks. Not only zero picks zero tipped balls well he got one batted down at the line but there were no balls that were even close to being intercepted controlled the ball and he got hit about four times as he was releasing the ball he is tough he just stays in the pocket pressure does not affect him whatsoever he led three scoring drives in the fourth quarter alone did you hear that three scoring drives in the fourth quarter alone this is the first game he's ever played That is absolutely wonderful, and even converted a two-point conversion, uh, which was legit, I really think. Let's move to the running back summary real quick, and then we'll get to what we want to look into next week. So, Carlos Hyde goes out there, and nothing too big, but Carlos Hyde's fine. He's cemented as the very first running back, and he's going to be a stud this year. He's going to be a stud. He had one rush for like three yards. O-line did a terrible job. There was no hole. He had a nice catch for three yards, which was refreshing. I think he's going to get a lot more receptions than he's ever had in his career, which I think he could do. He did it in Ohio State. It shouldn't be a problem. Now, whenever Carlos Hyde went out after the very first drive, I was expecting to see Tim Hightower, which he didn't even play. So we didn't even see Hightower out there. No, we didn't see Tim Hightower, and we didn't see Joe Williams. We saw undrafted free agent out of Georgia Southern who well, I've been hyping up nonstop. Go out there with part of the first team but majority of the second team. He had the most snaps w- uh, in the first half. He had a he went 11 for 40 and he looked good. He looked strong. He he's a player. He had a nice catch and he looked like he belonged in the NFL. So keep an eye on this because It's going to be an all-out battle between Joe Williams and Matt Breda for that third running back spot. Now, I don't think Williams is going to be cut, but I doubt that they keep Hightower, Hyde, Williams, and Breda. Mike Shanahan, or sorry, Kyle Shanahan, everywhere he's been, he's only kept three running backs on the active roster. And then on top of that, we have Kyle the Juice, and so that's three and a half, kind of. So I doubt we're going to keep both of them, but when Joe Williams got his turn, he looked fast. He had seven rushes for 60 yards, which is absolutely wonderful. Now, he did fumble a toss, that, w- but he picked it up and ran it for 12 yards. So Joe Williams' number one thing is pass protection and not fumbling the ball. If he can manage to keep his production where it is and not fumble, he's, he's a lock. But I was pretty impressed by Matt Breida, and I love Matt Breida. So curious to see what's going to happen there. Now, as we go forward, and these are the four things – that I want you to look, watch for this week. So our next game is Saturday the 19th at 7 p.m. Pacific time, and we play the Broncos at home. So we're going to be in Santa Clara at Levi's Stadium, which is nice. But this is what you need to watch for. All of the starters are going to be getting a lot more reps. So preseason week one, it's not too telling. Don't jump to conclusions. The order of the depth chart next Saturday that you see and what you hear during training camp is starting to matter. So they're going to reshuffle the depth chart, so pay attention this week. Some of the most important positions to watch out for, the backup quarterback. C.J. Bethard had an amazing game. He was by far the best quarterback for either team that played that day, uh, played tonight. If he beats out Barkley, that gives us a whole extra roster spot that we can use for Matt Breida, um, Lorenzo Jerome, somebody that Cole Hicotini at tight end, somebody who... We need that extra roster plot being a young team. You don't want to waste that on Matt Barkley, who you know is not part of your future, if you if you think that Bethard can step in and play now in a backup situation. So that's huge. Number two is that backup running spot that I just talked about. Who is going in? Who is getting snaps with the first team? Is it Breda? Is it Williams? Who's getting goal line carries? Who's stepping in and getting passes their way? So pay attention to these things because I really think – that's going to be a key position. And the last one I want to talk about is free safety. Lorenzo Jerome played almost the entire game. Chukwisky Tart should be back pretty soon. Um, he's, he was already practicing on the sidelines and stuff like that. So I think whenever he comes back, who is at free safety? Are they going to put Tart immediately at free safety? Are they going to continue to see if Lorenzo Jerome, the undrafted free agent out of Pennsylvania, St. Francis, if, if he is going to keep that job? He hasn't made any mistakes, which is what you want. But we got to see what's going to happen. Now, if you have not followed me on Twitter, I I usually don't do this, but you need to do that now. I spent the past hour and a half doing nothing but cutting up film from this game and putting the highlights on my Twitter feed. So I've I've cut up over about 20 different plays, and so if you're listening to my podcast and you want to go through and see all those plays or you didn't have time to watch the game or whatever – Go to my Twitter feed, and you can watch them all cut up on there. It is J-L underscore Chapman, J-L underscore C-H-A-P-M-A-N. And start a dialogue with me. Let me know what you think about those plays. And if you want to see more, hey, can you pull up this? Um, I'd be more than happy to do that. So stay strong, faithful. Such a great time. It's absolutely wonderful to have football back with us. And if you have any questions, just hit me up on Twitter and look forward to talking to you guys later. i have another one out next week right after the game. So look forward to that. Make sure you hit subscribe on the iTunes. And I will talk to you all later.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.